to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the brand new Beyond Light story trailer today that hit. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast platforms, and you want to catch these live, go to sntrlive.com. If you missed the uploads, I'm still uploading these segments, but I'm doing it to an archive channel. sntrvideos.com will take you to the archive channel. That channel will never hit your sub feed. We were doing too many videos here, and that's why we created it. You can also go to sntrnetwork.com and bookmark it. It's a central hub for everything. The Rageous Roundtable repeat theater in these segments. It's a nice one-stop shop with schedules of upcoming shows and everything else. So, what is going on with this Beyond Light story trailer? I'm actually pretty excited because... We've been waiting for information, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's not exactly a ton of information here for the, you know, those of us that have felt there's been a lack of information. I actually have a planned video and discussion this week to talk about the lack of info, and by the time we get to that video, I'm hoping that I either have to scrap it or adjust my talking points, because we have sort of been waiting for more substantive information about what comes in the trailer, what do we get specifically in Beyond Light, what are you doing with the weapons, if anything other than a sandbox update. These are all question marks that we have. I even have question marks about leveling and all of the rest. So I want to be clear. I'm excited about this trailer, but I'm not I'm not like shifting gears away from still wanting information. Okay? So they also put up a splash page for the story with information about Aramis and everybody else involved. So I just want to start with a new antagonist. Aramis, and they've got this description here. The deadly Kell of Darkness seeks to restore the glory of her people to exact revenge on the Traveler for abandoning them. So she says in the video, you know, that she's wanting to take down the machine, and that's what she's referring to. So it's pretty cool. I like the rage. I like the anger. The fact that she is mad at the Traveler makes it pretty interesting, since we're entertaining the idea of a Darkness subclass, and is the Darkness truly what we thought it was is kind of a question posed on this splash page. The reason that I liked this trailer and got excited is it gave me some Taken King vibes. Now, I'm not going to say we're getting Taken King, but hear me out. I don't want to crank up that hype train. The Taken King is like sacred in the sort of the, the history books of Destiny. But it did feel similar to that central figure that's angry, they're vengeful, and they're coming. And it's it could be bad. It could be really, really bad for, you know, the, the Traveler. It could shake things up with respect to our relationship to the traveler and the and and the light and I really like having a central antagonist. I feel like that's one of the reasons that Shadow Keep fell short because it was sort of this generic nightmare thing and it wasn't as interesting. Now obviously the pyramid ship was pretty cool, but there was something about having Oryx as a central villain. I think Rise of Iron and Shadowkeep are kind of similar. Nightmares and Siva are just sort of a faceless bad thing that we're fighting against, and it felt very, very similar. I would actually say that Forsaken and the Taken King, having that central villain, you had Oryx, and then you had Aldrin, and then you had the Barons, was actually really exciting. I think it's it's one of the ways I think their storytelling tends to shine because it's character-driven as opposed to sort of just a broad problem where you don't really care about a particular person or thing or threat. It's just sort of generic. And that's kind of where Siva and the Nightmares landed. 
Aramis is also well voice acted, which really, really matters. And she has some really good interactions in the trailer. Uh, one with somebody I'm going to talk about in a little bit. The second thing I want to talk about is it looks like we're getting something similar to the Barons, the House Salvation Elites. So Aramis has these lieutenants. There's four of them. Uh, they've got some interesting names. One of the names is Praxis, Phylax, Critis, and Atrax. I don't know how to pronounce those, so I'm just kind of going with what you know it looks like phonetically. These are the highest ranking and most trusted subjects of the Fallen Kell of Darkness. They're skilled stasis wielders, uh, and they are lethal as they are loyal. They're potent foes who will stop at nothing to advance Eris's cause. So we may be getting a glimpse here into the way that the story is going to play out. You've got these four these four elites that may serve like barons that we're sort of chasing and fighting and having to take down. I would really, really like to see replayability added to anything that involves these if these are really unique boss fights. One of the biggest disappointments I had with Forsaken and the Baron fights was they were super unique and cool, but there was no unique loot attached to them. There was only a couple of you know unique armor pieces that could drop, and they were not really replayable. Unless it was a flashpoint and you went and ran the adventure, they weren't really replayable or grind you know grindable. I loved the hangman. You know, you went into that jail cell area and then you had the mind bender and then you had the guy on the sparrow. The sparrow one was probably the weakest of them all. And then you had like the sniper and stuff. And I would hope since these, they, you know, they've got the guys in the picture here. They all kind of have their own look and their own feel. It'd be really, really cool if they brought back the idea of boss drops or activity drops that are specific. One of the things that have been lacking... One of the things that have been lacking in Destiny up to now are drops in the world. And this would be a great opportunity to have either specific weapons or specific armor pieces. Maybe the aspects and fragments that are apparently dropping in the world. Maybe they drop from these guys and they're a grindable, repeatable mission. I'll be pretty disappointed if these are just more quickly visited adventure boss fights or short missions that we never go back to. I always have said get more capital out of your story missions. That's one of the things I have praised in Season of Arrival. I actually don't think Season of Rivals has been that stellar. I'm not a huge fan of the Contact Public event, but I have thought the reusing of the story mission and then having it culminate in the most recent story mission interference where we fight, you know, Nocris and he's talking to us and then we end up in that room with the pyramid ship, the little pyramid ship. I, I like all that. I thought that was really, really good use of story missions and I hope we get something similar here with the Barons. Last but certainly not least, we have Unlikely Allies in this particular expansion. Varix is obviously the one that takes sort of center stage here. He's calling for help. He's worried about what's going on. He refers to Aramis as an old friend and she kind of freezes him in place. Some are worried he's going to be killed. It seems like Aramis is, is potentially considering killing him. I'm hoping that's a rescue mission. We end up showing up and disrupting that little that little back and forth that they're having. Uh, I've continued to think that he is going to be the NPC of a particular activity. He's going to be doing research and trying to stop whatever they're doing, and we're going to be assisting him by running some activity that has drops and bounties and things. Like he'll he'll sort of be the way that you know some of the other activities have had like a particular NPC attached to them. The way that like you went to you know Ikora for the Vex offensive. It'd be odd to finally bring him back and then kill him off. 
the other unlikely allies that are listed and I do like actually before I move on I do like here that they mention his history after helping Ultron Sav escape from the prison of elders Varix has only recently emerged from hiding an uneasy ally in the fight against Aramis he's a shrewd opportunist who wants to do good even if his choices are always suspect so I do like the fact that they're continuing this is still attached to the Aldrin story it's still attached to Forsaken the whole story is now more interconnected than it has been before we're going to be uneasy and uh, not necessarily trusting of him because of what he did and what it ultimately led to with the death of Cade 6 uh, they also give you descriptions of the stranger and Eris and the drifter and all of these are sort of unlikely allies. The theme that seems to have been emerging for a while now is, you know, we start working with Spider, we start working with the Drifter, Eris comes back after Cade's dead, we're not having a lot of interaction with Zavala and Ikora anymore. There seems to be a bit of a shift. This does seem to be in line with the idea that we're starting to open up to other ideas about the universe, darkness and light. Are they actually mutually exclusive? Are they actually good and bad or merely different options. The Drifter's description even talks about that, and you'll hear him say lines like that at the end of the recent dungeon. He says, you know, light, dark, it don't matter. In his mind, they are just simply powers to be wielded. One of the theories that I've put forth is that since we've already seen trailers and footage of orbs of power dropping, I believe we as Guardians of Light are on a path of becoming Guardians of Power. We're going to get a new Darkness subclass every year, and when Lightfall happens, we get a third Dark subclass completing the balance internally of having Dark and Light, and we become Guardians of Power. And I actually think the Stranger is either already a Guardian of Power or has seen the future. Because when they mention her, they say that she's an expert in the future, and I think that's because, as we've always thought, she can time travel. So, I am actually very excited. I think they've done an excellent job uh, with with the story elements this time. Again, again, I am not, I am not sort of taking my foot off the pedal and asking for more information. I still think we need more info. I still think we're on a road to more info, you know, heading to November. I think October is going to start to really get thick and really full of info. And this is kind of the beginning of that. I'm just happy to see a central antagonist. I think that's when the content is typically at its best, both Taken King and Forsaken as examples of that. So we're going to transition to a Q&A segment as well as some VIP call-ins. Again, if you want to catch me live, sntrlive.com. If you'd rather watch the uploads in a non-subfeed hitting channel, archive channel, go to sntrvideos.com. And obviously, sntrnetwork.com should be bookmarked if you want all my content in one place. As always, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of those other places, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A that followed my talk about the Beyond Light story trailer. If you're listening to this on any of the podcast platforms that are out there in audio format, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. It's a live interactive podcast with video if you prefer that format. If you'd rather just get the uploads, we have created an archive channel. SNTRvideos.com is where all the archive videos go, and it will not hit your subfeed. It would overwhelm your subfeed. So it is purely archival uploads that do not hit subfeeds. And then a great site to bookmark right now, sntrnetwork.com. sntrnetwork.com is a hub of the Rageous Roundtable, SNTR Presents, and Repeat Theater. All of my content is there. So, Brendan, with the first question, let's get it on screen for you. Uh, wasn't the Veil supposed to be the big bad enemy in this DLC originally? Do you think Bungie changed their plans after the Activision split? This is where... Um, 
this is exactly where I think the leaking gets to be problematic because it becomes canon in your mind. There was a time where people were really, really angry about, I forget what it was. It was a weapon or something, right? It was a weapon or something and they, it got leaked. And then when it didn't land in the game, everybody, I remember people getting really angry and being like, oh, Bungie said we were going to get this thing. It was like, no, they didn't. That was a data mine or a leak or whatever. And this is a similar scenario. Now, I'm not saying that's what you're saying, Brendan. You're not saying, oh my gosh, they, they lied to us or whatever. But we don't actually know what the veil are, if the veil are real, if it actually is happening. Um, veil could have been a, a placeholder for the triangle ships. Um, it was the Wardcliffe Quill. Yeah, 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 the dubious volley. Yep, we thought we were getting the dubious volley, and we didn't get it, and then it ended up getting renamed to Wardcliffe Coil. That's right, I remember. And people were angry. They were like, why didn't we get that weapon? And it was like, it was a leak. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and um, in this scenario, the veil could have, as I said, been a literal placeholder for the pyramid ships. And maybe the pyramid ships are going to eventually be a visible villain or enemy race or whatever that goes by the name Vale. I don't know. All I know is we do need to be careful anytime we have these leaks, anytime we have these sort of things going on, where we're not necessarily getting concrete information uh, from Bungie. So, I actually think this trailer as I said in my video, it really gives me that Taken King vibe. It gives me that central antagonist. You got this big bad who's really angry, and then these guys here remind me of the Barons. We're going to have some elite forces that are kind of fighting for her, the way that the Barons were doing stuff uh, for Aldrin. So, I don't actually you know, know where this is going to land as far as quality, but those are the vibes I get from the trailer, which has me excited. Now, again, I don't think we still have tons of information. I still think we're in a bit of a holding pattern. There's a lot of things we still don't know, and we've got a couple of weeks now for them um, you know, to outline those things. And I think that is really important that they land some of those, those talking points well in the next couple of weeks. Will there be any kind of a weapons update? Will there be you know, any kind of a a specific and clear outline as to what exactly we're getting in that $10 season pass. Because, you know, if you're, as I said, I think it was yesterday, if you're on the Beyond Light free train because you got Game Pass, there's going to have to be a, a, a page somewhere that describes what you get for the $10, you know? Those leaks also came out in Drifter and said we would get Dark Powers and that was before shadow keep we aren't getting those powers until now so the veil could be much later right sometimes i think concepts and ideas leak way ahead of time and people just assume it's coming next and then it doesn't come next and that can lead to people getting really angry because they're like man i thought we were getting this and this and this and then when we don't get it everybody's ticked off um This is why I've never really made content about leaks. There are people that will literally make a video every time there's a leak, and it's just them reading 4chan. Um, I think that kind of content is just not something I've ever wanted to make. Like, I don't, if if other people want to make that content, fine. But I've never wanted to make that kind of content because I don't think it's helpful. I think it, it ends up confusing the community, and people start to think that it, and this I think is one of the reasons it happens. Like, I'm not blaming YouTubers. 
But I think one of the reasons that leaks become canon in some people's mind is because they come from a YouTuber who is sort of seen as an authoritative voice in the community. And then people are like, well, I heard so-and-so say it. I watched so-and-so make a video about it. And then they, then it's canon. It spreads like wildfire. So we did not skip the first three questions. We changed topics today. And so the first three questions were not about this topic. So I'm saving them for when we loop back to the delay and how they pushed back the graphical updates for the next-gen consoles to December the 8th. So if you play on the Xbox Series X or the PS5, you're not going to get those graphical updates for a month after Beyond Light launches, and a lot of people aren't aware of it, and I wanted to talk about it and what we think that means for you know other things as well with respect to updating the game. Ink Toxicant says, Do you think Bungie is being quiet about seasonal content because the story will play into Lightfall? Undying, Dawn, and Worthy seem to be catch-up stories, and Arrivals is playing into Witch Queen. I mean, I think this is one of the better predictions we could probably make about how they're, they can't say much because this is all... You know, maybe they're trying to be tight-lipped because it's, it's you know, the, the trailer we got today, it's pretty significant. You know, the stranger standing there, Varix is back, Varix is getting frozen, you know. There's some pretty significant things going on, and it's possible they don't want us to know about that. I mean, we got into, like, what, the second cutscene or the first cutscene of Arrivals? And Eris was talking about Savathun, and she put, like, the, uh... She put, like, the Savathun logo on, you know, Zavala's office wall... Um, I don't know. I, it, it, it could be related to that, that they're, they're trying to keep some of those things a secret that they don't, they don't want those things to, to hit the, the, the public yet. Um, in general, I, I would say that I don't need to know those things about, um, I don't need to know those things. I'm not like, oh my gosh, what are you doing with the story? Oh my gosh, what are you doing with this? What are you doing with that? I don't need to know any of that. That's not that's not what I'm concerned about. I need information. Are you updating the weapon system? How much loot are you actually adding? What are the vendors going to look like? What are my what's my gun what's my gun perks and all that going to look like? What's leveling going to look like? I think these are all, you know, important things that I would like to see addressed before Beyond Light gets here because I think those are those are helpful things to know as a consumer, but also just in general, that's typically what the, the marketing looks like, you know? And I don't need to know, like, is Varix good or bad? What happens to Aramis? Is this tied into Savathun? Are the pyramid ships going to be involved? Is this tied into Witch Queen? Is this tied into Lightfall? Um, I don't need to know any of that. I really, really don't. I just need to know what am I getting for the money? And right now we have like a 30,000 feet flyover, a new planet, a new raid and subclasses. That's really all we know right now. And we've seen some of the weapons and exotics. That's not, I mean, it's basically a $50 expansion and we have like a handful of bullet points to rattle off. Stasis looks awesome. Europa with dynamic weather looks awesome. You know, we do have info. I just feel like we have, we, we have like, glimpses instead of actual substance 
amount of weapons released what's the new public event on Europa what's the seasonal activity will we have an umbra like system in season 12 what's the updated season duration start end dates with the delay here are five topics Bungie could talk about without spoilers to satisfy our need yeah Darksider just rattled off some that I would say are also valid like we you can listen you can say all these things and give us all this information without showing me raid armor or without giving away story you know story spoilers you know No idea why we need or want new gear. Yeah, like what's the difference in the gear incentive going to be? What's the motivation? Is it just going to be the same stuff we have now? You know? Brendan, how important do you think it is for Aramis to be the new raid boss? I feel that King's Fall is arguably the best story raid because it had Oryx in the story and then we finally defeated him in the raid. Yeah, I really, really like that too. I think one of my biggest disappointments with stories that they've done was the way that Axis showed up as a raid boss. I thought that was, you know, I don't know. That felt kind of lame, to be honest. Um, the way that that, the way that that played out. Uh, it, it did, it should have been, it should have been a missing Iron Lord, I think, would have been a lot more impactful to have it be, uh, you know, uh, that bro 20g you do need to be a paying member to submit questions but your question is literally the one i'm answering right now so you're getting your answer by way of brendan here so i would love it if she was the raid boss i'm just not sure exactly what that ends up looking like if she's in the campaign you know are we fighting our way to her how do you give let me say it this way how do you give the lion's share of the community that doesn't run a raid, okay? How do you give them a conclusive story end? Well, with Oryx, it worked. You go in, you kill him, you defeat him, and the story ends. That's got to be one of the best scenes when he takes himself. Uh, the music is stellar, and, you know, his little laugh at the end. Well, you got to defeat Oryx, in a, in a sense, but then the real fight is in the raid. So you'd have to wonder if if they do something like that with Aramis. Like, how do you do that? You know? Aramis, it's so funny to say that. My grandfather, my dad's dad, wore a cologne and it was spelled with an A instead of, what's her name spelled with an E? Yeah, it was spelled with an A, Aramis. And I can still remember what my grandfather smelled like. And saying that name keeps making me think about him. Um, he's not with us anymore, but... Uh, it's so funny that like the the you'll have those weird like memories like that. My dad wears Drakkar Nor, <laughs> and my grandfather wore Aramis. It's a different generation, you know. My generation doesn't really wear cologne anymore. Um, but yeah, that would be um, I would be uh, I'd be curious how they're going to do that. How are they going to have the uh, uh, you know how are they going to have the story conclude if we actually go and fight in a uh, in a, in a in a raid what do you do with Aramis you know does she does she escape do we fight her do we fight her and she dies or we think she's dead and then they end up you know I don't know somehow bringing her back or something that'd be kind of cool right like we defeat her in the campaign but then we hear rumors about a resurrection ceremony with stasis or something or I don't know cologne's a must i use body spray i just have like an old spice body spray the swagger i spray a little bit on my forearms and that's it i just kind of 
Just kind of rub your arms together like that. That's it. You know? You know what I mean? Anbu says, Narratively speaking, is there any reason why my character should answer Varix's call for help when he facilitated the prison riot that led to Aldrin's escape resulting in Cade's death? Well, they do a good job. I think it is important that they, they do honor what happened with Aldrin even on their page. And they basically say his choices are always suspect and he's an uneasy ally. So, it's one of those things where, yeah... If, if he um, if he were to call and be like, hey, can you come help me? My, my, my sparrow broke down. We'd be like, no, I don't think so. But when he's like, um, the Fallen are on Europa and they're harnessing a new power of darkness and they're coming for the Traveler. Well, that's pertinent information to a Guardian. <laughs> that's pertinent information to a Guardian. Um, and I think that's why we're answering his call. He's not calling for help with, like, some infestation on a planet. Like, he's like, no, 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 this is pretty serious. Yo, Rosie coming back in for a resub, well, a re-upped membership, I should say. Enjoy the black badge. If you guys are enjoying the content, subscribing is free, so click subscribe. If you click join, you get that badge and emotes like Rosie just did. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that the, the, the call is very, uh, is very different than just a normal garden variety, you know, Come help me get my my ship unstuck from the ice or something. We answer the calls because the pyramid ships in the last interference mission told us to go to Europa. Oh, I'm sure that's heavily related too. Yeah, you know, great power awaits you on Europa or whatever they said at the end. I mean, it's come on, we're not gonna go. We're gonna be like, nah. I got a sock drawer. I gotta organize. I'm not going to Europa, even though. You know, Nakris told me to go. There's a pyramid ship there. Varix is saying that the Fallen are harnessing some dark power and they're going to be coming for the Traveler. That's fine. Like, we're not going to go. Of course we're going to go, you know. Rain the Dark. I thought it was great power. I can't remember what they said. It was something like, great power awaits you on Europa or something. Uh, I've gotten the line wrong multiple times, so... I wouldn't, I wouldn't take my quotation to the bank. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't take my quotation to the bank. With Aramis on display here, do you think she has the potential to feel like a threat? Or do you see her ending up like Gaul? This is one of the things that I think everybody is very gun-shy about. You get a central antagonist, and everybody is a little... I don't know why, but this is something that's been... It's been an ongoing discussion uh, virtually all the time. People are like... I don't. I thought Gaul was such a disappointment. I actually thought the way the Gaul storyline turned out was actually pretty dope. The way that basically he was drunk with power and kind of stupid to the point that he kills the console, and the console was a great character. And then the real dude, the real big daddy, shows up, and it's Callus with a planet-eating ship. I liked that. I thought that was cool. Like. You don't want to do that every time, and that's why I don't think that they will. To think that Bungie, of all people, if there's one thing they're good at, they're really good at narrative and writing. Like, give them credit where credit is due. That's actually one of the areas where they do a very good job. Anytime we read these lore entries, or we get these trailers, or we get these dialogue scenes or cutscenes, we have gotten a very, very consistent and dope delivery of cool stuff. 
So this idea that Bungie's going to be like, I got an idea. Let's make Aramis Gaul 2.0. I, I cannot see them doing that. That would be super, super weird. The, per, the, the antagonists have never, ever been samey. They've never been samey. I, we, we, we've, had, we've had such a variety of threats and bosses and villains and baddies. Um, I don't know. I think I agree with Rain the Dark. I got Oryx vibes from the trailer. That's what I got. Well, you're the one asking the question, right? So you're saying in chat, you see her as a potential Oryx 2.0. I get Oryx vibes because she's angry, she's vengeful, and she's coming for the Traveler, okay? Gaul was coming for the Traveler, but he was coming for the Traveler for power. Oryx was coming back because we killed his son and he was frigging ticked. He wanted the wipe guardians out. And I think vengeful villains can be more interesting than, you know, Gaul was sort of like, yeah, I'm coming for the traveler, but I want the, he wanted the power. He wasn't there. I I mean, it didn't seem like he was, uh, it didn't seem like he was there for vengeance. Not as much as, uh, did he say vengeance or who said at last I will have vengeance? Was that Gaul? What would he have vengeance for? What did we do? I mean, we killed Cabal and stuff over the years, but not to the degree that Oryx would have wanted vengeance for what we did. Um, Oryx said that, right? Yeah. I, I'm telling you, the dialogue and the line delivery for Aramis, I think is excellent. When she talks about going for the big machine, going for the machine, I'm in, dude. She wants to exact revenge on the Traveler for abandoning them. Like, this is a long-standing story in the lore of the Fallen. This is dope. Anybody that's a lore expert and has read the lore about the Fallen knows this and knows that the Fallen have no house. They've been abandoned. Like, they're, 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 they seem like scavengers strewn throughout the universe. Even their fighting styles as, as AI seem rooted in that. They always kind of run and hide and they seem a little cowardly. So this, I think, is a good showing for the Fallen. Truth be told, the Fallen have never had a good showing in any of the DLCs, right? Siva and, and Axis and all that, that wasn't really Fallen. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. You know, Fallen Splicers or whatever the frick they called them. That wasn't that interesting. So you had... Vogue, which was Vex. You had, you know, Crota, which was Hive. And you had Taken King, which was Hive and Taken, right? And Rise of Iron, I mean, you kind of had the Fallen, but then you get the Axis and you're like, who who is this guy, right? It's kind of random. And then you get the Leviathan, which is Cabal. And then you get Eater and you get Spire, more Cabal and Vex. You get Forsaken, which is... I guess that's kind of Fallen, but it doesn't really feel like the Fallen because it's just a bunch of random barons from a prison that got broken out, and it really feels like your main focus is Riven and Aldrin. And then in Shadowkeep, it's just a bunch of nightmares. There's there's no real central villain. Like The Fallen are finally getting their day, and they're getting someone to represent them who is basically taking up for what has been their plight since we first learned about them that they were abandoned by the traveler and they've been sort of scattered and 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 houseless uh i like it i think it's i think this has a lot of potential to be really cool 
Yeah, Skolas was in the Prison of Elders. I think Skolas was originally meant to be a raid. There's a really, really old... Um, yeah, Scourge of the Past, but I... Yeah, Scourge of the Past didn't feel fallen, though. I don't, it was like a big machine. It didn't feel like this. She is taking up for the fallen as a race, as opposed to you know, Skolas. There's a really, really old screenshot from somewhere um, that they, uh, yeah, I guess in House of Wolves, we did fight against like Tanix and stuff. That is true. That was very fallen base, House of Wolves. There's an old screenshot that for the timeline, when House of Wolves came out, there was supposed to be a raid called the Arena. And I think Skolas was built to be the raid boss of the Arena. And the Arena got rebranded and restructured to be Prison of Elders. And so the big the big House of Wolves not having a raid, you know, debacle was essentially a what was probably the pieces and parts of what was going to be a raid, but they ultimately decided it wasn't it, they weren't going to call it a raid. And so you had Skolas, you had Tanix, uh, you know, and you're chasing you're chasing Skolas at one point, you fight Tanix, you know, that was a very fallen based DLC, but truth be told, House of Wolves was wasn't wasn't that great in the in the grand history of the game it was cool it was cool but and i remember i actually remember i made a video called bungie is their own worst enemy and there was a trailer for house of wolves that featured marasov being very angry about being betrayed she was super angry and like there were people that were like dead in her throne room and stuff and I remember saying that like minute long teaser trailer had more story gravity and depth than everything that we had played up to that point and I was like they're their own worst enemy they can clearly write cool gripping story and yet they don't do it enough Uh, I remember making that video that was you know a lifetime ago so I like this I think this is setting up a, a clearer sort of hey the fallen are going to basically go after the traveler for what's been done to them. Um, so, the trailer showed the servitor and Skolas trudging through the snow. I don't remember that. I remember the snow. I remember there being wind, and I remember Marasov being very, very angry and saying she said something to like Marasov kneels to no one or something. Did she say that in House of Wolves, or did she say that in Taken King? I think she says that in Taken King, now that I think about it. Which led to her, you know, getting blown away. Um, Anyway, anyway. I really like where this is headed. I feel good about it. I feel good about it. Uh, Leveny. Ash says, lore-wise, the Traveler abandoned the Fallen, and in the trailer, Aramis says that the Great Machine will feel our pain, and you see her with a pyramid scale. Do you think that Aramis is going to be a catalyst in our turning to stasis and overall the darkness? Well, they've already released information. We've already released. They've already released information about the fact that the Stranger is the one that will be teaching us stasis. So. I do, you're saying she could be the catalyst now it's possible that that's what the stranger concludes she comes here, does her research finds out what Aramis is doing and is like um, yeah we're going to need to fight back and we're going to need to we're going to need to use stasis there's no way we're going to be able to do this without stasis, it's essentially I would think what the, what the main story driver will be 
Now that may make, as you're saying, that may make the you know the the interaction with Aramis the catalyst. It could also just be. I mean, if you if you go to the page about this about this um. If you go to the page about this on on Bungie's site, it says here that the Exo Stranger, her experience will guide Guardians understanding the power of stasis. All right, now. It says here, with exceptional insight into the future, she has made Europa her home. Again, giving credence to the fact that the stranger can time travel. So she's gone into the future and she knows and is calculating where she has to go and what she has to do. And it seems to me she's concluded that she's got to go to Europa and help us understand stasis and help us basically wield... uh, wield stasis so I don't necessarily know if that how much that's related to Aramis it could be more related to what the stranger knows what the stranger knows needs to happen um I don't know I think that uh I think it's gonna be more along the lines of the stranger is taking us down a path of understanding the relationship between dark and light which is putting us on a pathway to becoming a guardian of power and no longer a guardian of light. I believe the stranger is already a guardian of power. She is not born of light and she has a ghost thing that according to Luke Smith is not a ghost. So she doesn't have a connection to the light and yet she's going to teach us how to wield stasis. I believe that she is a guardian of power already able to do both like wield both sides and she's going to teach us about it or be the beginning of us learning about becoming a guardian of power young crisis actor says do you think a year long story fleshed out through the seasons with Aramis for example would work well or do these type of stories lend themselves to be better confined within a single season here's what I would love to see I would love to see Aramis last longer than just Beyond Light, at least to the summer. I feel like the summer they're going to turn their sights on um, resolving the curse in the Dreaming City to provoke Savathun to action, which will lead to the Witch Queen expansion next year. So we'll spend the summer as a transitional lead up to Witch Queen. And I believe the summer will potentially have us doing things on the uh, on the dreaming city and maybe they do something with the last wish raid maybe they update it or something um but i could definitely see them saying hey you know we've got we've got this great antagonist in aramis let's not get rid of her in just a month's time you know servers are supposed to be back up in about 30 minutes I don't know, that would feel way too dragged out to make Beyond Light Story and the raid feel empty and not finish. Well, but you're saying that and you don't even know how they would do it. Like, I don't know how they would do it either. You're presuming it would feel empty and dragged out, but based on what information are you saying that it would feel that way? What if... What if there was a normal mode version of the raid and in the winter they drop a hard mode and some things change and some of the dialogue changes and then in the spring they do a challenge mode and they they get more capital out of the raid. I'd be 100% okay with that. Rather than grinding the raid like crazy for a month or two months and throwing it over our shoulder and never looking back, I would always rather them get more capital out of a raid. Um, 
I thought they were going to do that with Garden of Salvation. There was something about Garden of Salvation that made me feel like they were going to reuse the rooms and change the fights and create raid layers. Um, There was also that waterfall section with the statues. I was like, they could easily drop a boss there. Um, Like, that would be the culmination of the raid instead of going and fighting uh, in the the Vex Milk up top. Um, I don't know. If... If, if they only confine her to one season, I just, I felt like they weren't wanting to do that anymore. You know? Seasonal content's not expiring after a season. It's lasting for a year. And they didn't, I don't think they liked hopping from story to story to story when Luke Smith talked about, you know, year two versus year three, it was going to be more of a single evolving story. So it'd be kind of weird to completely go back on that and be like, nah, yeah, you resolve Aramis and Europa and all of that gets resolved in Beyond Light and then you move on to something else in the next season. That feels contrary to kind of what they've been setting up. A repurposed Kingfall in Witch Queen? I think King's Fall comes back in year five the same way Vogue is coming back in year four. I think King's Fall and the Dreadnought... Um, I think the Dreadnought could launch as the companion location in Witch Queen. The way that the Cosmodrome is launching in Beyond Light, uh, they said that we're always going to go to a never-before-visited location. So in Witch Queen, we're going to go to some planet we've never been to before, and then the DCV, they'll pull the Dreadnought out. And then in a later season, King's Fall Raid will come back the same way Vogue is coming back. That means Wrath of the Machine will probably get slated for a pull out of the DCV in year six. That's a long time from now, and I love Wrath, but I think that fits. I know Crota gets Crota gets kind of kicked off the table if we do that, which is a bit of a bummer. But to me, I do. I feel like um, I feel like Vog, Kingsfall, Wrath are the in in the, they're the greatest hits of the raids. Like Crota's a bit of a mismatch. Crota aged like a fine wine. Like Age of Triumph made it better, but still. Um, is it alright for me to post photos here or Destiny related photos for context? If it's about what we're currently discussing, discussing, you can feel you know feel free to put it in the chat right now, Brood. If you guys are listening to this and you haven't clicked like and subscribe yet, please do me a favor and do that. That is free to do, by the way. Monday through Friday, I'm here streaming. I'm no longer doing uploads on this channel. Very infrequently doing uploads. So all you're going to get daily as a subscriber in your sub feed is my live streams. That's it. So clicking like and helping us roll over to 900 likes will also help this video get recommended throughout the day. We always kind of set our sights on 1,000 likes. It is totally free to subscribe on YouTube. The join button or the join command is how you do the paid memberships if you feel like doing them. Drake says, What do you think about Aramis or, or Erasmus? <laughs> all right, all right. So you must type biblical things into your phone, and you got an auto correct here uh, to Erasmus. Anyway, completely giving herself over to the darkness at the end of the story and becomes an embodiment of the darkness since we only have the ships. I could see Crota as a dungeon. Well, thank you for posting it five times. That wasn't necessary. But yeah, I could see Crota being a dungeon. That's true. That's true. That's not a bad prediction. They could they could make it a dungeon. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, as far as her giving herself over to the darkness at the end of the story and becomes the embodiment of darkness, like, right, that could be, a, you know, the 
the the taken king moment right um that could be a taken king moment where they would say you know you beat her but then she kind of becomes something else uh and then and then she kind of gets to do a bit of a comeback and then she comes back in uh in the in the raid they did that with i mean they did that with uh they did that with you know Oryx. I don't know if they want to do that again, though. I mean, that, that might feel a little, you know, copy pasta. Maybe a little too copy pasta. We'll see what they decide to do. It's not necessarily a bad idea. So, apparently, we're 15 likes away from 900. Let's get it, chat. See Dizzle, brand new member today, clicking the join button. What do you think Bungie will do for the Europa campaign? Will, Ara- uh, will Aramis, <laughs> will Aramis be the boss for the campaign of the raid? Very related to the last question. Uh, we don't really know because when, when, and basically, I didn't mean to answer your question ahead of time. But when somebody asked if they thought that she was going to be in the raid, I kind of touched on this. You know, guys, nice job. Thanks for 900 likes. Thank you for 900 likes. Another, another, another stellar day over here on YouTube. Um, you know, I didn't mean to do this, but a lot of you guys are now asking about the campaign and that's related to what I said about the raid. Like if she becomes the raid boss, then how is she the boss or the culmination or the final boss of the, uh, of the campaign? Okay. Now keep this in mind. Okay. Keep this in mind. If, if somebody says, cause I can see people pushing back, right. And saying, why not just let us beat all of her like barren guys or whatever these guys are called these elites we fight them in the campaign and then she's in the raid well part of the problem with that is if you bungie's philosophy about campaigns and this is one of the reasons campaigns aren't that challenging is they want everybody who buys the expansion to enjoy the campaign beginning to end which is why you would want to have some level of finality or culmination or conclusion with Aramis at the end of the campaign. Because I know a lot of people might be thinking, like, I don't know, why does it matter, Lono? Why do we have to kill Aramis in the campaign? That's just, in general, been Bungie's philosophy about campaigns for the past five years. I would not anticipate them changing that philosophy. Flynn. Do you think we will get any update with Mara this DLC? The last we saw her was in her court with tease, while teasing the pyramids. That's possibly going to come into fruition. As I said in the summer, I could see them having us set our sights on the Dreaming City to resolve the curse, and that is initiated by Mara Sav. Mara Sav could take center stage. Aldrin could come back in at that point. I don't know if Aldrin's going to come in before then. A lot of people are thinking he's Shaw Han. No, he's you know he's going to be on the Cosmodrome. Maybe I think Shaw Han is a brand new character. I don't think Shaw Han is 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 um is Aldrin. Also, um, the the Aldrin story I think would likely eventually lead to something with Mara. Um, to ground him and to kind of help him get back on a, on a good path or something. And so those could all be related. And then we resolve the curse of the Dreaming City, and then that means Savathun's going to be ticked. And then that, that basically, you know, leads to um, the... what happens at the... Uh, at the culmination of, like, the Witch Queen uh, DLC. Um, that is funny to not unsee that yet, to see... The, the similarities between John Cena and um, uh, what was his name? You know what I mean? 
um oh, what was his name he did all the movies he did all the goofy movies shoot uh i can't unsee it yeah i can't unsee it i see it he's got a similar face and like nose and all that uh i don't see it Ernest. yeah Ernest. Ernest p whirl Ernest goes to camp yeah 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 Ernest and John Cena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely see it. That's kind of funny. That's the most weird thing to uh, to, to, to see that. <laughs> uh, Neos says, do you think the raid could possibly follow the story of Beyond Light, or do you think it will be something completely different? Something about the veil or another existing enemy? Yeah, we're getting into that whenever we're starved for information and we're uncertain about things, we get into this, Lono, do you think they're going to do this? Do you think they're going to do that? I can't even remotely make a prediction about this aspect of it. We already had somebody ask about the veil. I personally think the veil might have been a leak that's coming later. Um, I could see the veil actually coming and and uh, showing up in uh, Lightfall. I would see them showing up in Lightfall. Um, it's the... it's. It just doesn't seem like the right time they're having us focus on Aramis and the Fallen and Europa and Stasis. They're having us focus on all those things. I... It'd be weird to suddenly be like, hey, the veil's here. You'd be like, wait, what? Now, now, the whole you are not prepared from Luke Smith, the whole we're keeping our cards close to our chest. You know, Aramis could be a looky-loo situation. The Fallen could be a total looky-loo. We're all focused on the Fallen. We're focused on this. We're focused... And all of a sudden, the veils show up, and we're like, uh, what? Like, did we miss this somehow? Um, because if they're called the Veil, that could be something that they do, is that they... They use, you know, other other people, and they're like a puppeteer, right? They use distraction and deception, similar to Sabathun, in, in a way. Uh to get us to come to Europa and they want us to use stasis and unlock it or interact with it or whatever. Maybe that's the goal. I don't know. It just, it, it, this stuff comes out of nowhere. When, when there was a leak about an ice subclass, I shot that down. I was like, come on an ice subclass. That seems so cheesy. That seems so not destiny. And Bungie's like, hold my beer. Like we're totally going to make an ice subclass work and we're going to make it cool. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I was not expecting it. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was not expecting it. Thank you. Thank you, Rob, for that good news. Uh, behemoth. I think the darkness light to create wars between us as guardians and other civilization in the universe to choose the best, what suits their plans. What do you think? I really don't know. Uh, (laughs) You know, make it cool, unintended pun. Yeah, if you're going to make an ice subclass, you better make it cool. <laughs> no, I was not trying to make a joke. <laughs> I was not trying to make a joke. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, in this in this particular equation here, you know, that you're setting up, like they like to set it up to where we're, you know, we're kind of fighting amongst ourselves or, you know, creating wars or whatever. I think that, you know, Sabathun could be doing that. I think that this could be maybe what's going on with the veil, like we just said a little bit ago. Um, we're, we're, we're in that, we're in that dark room and we're all throwing darts. There's dart boards all around us and people are just throwing darts in a dark room. Somebody's going to hit a bullseye or get close to a bullseye with all these predictions. It's, it's, there's no way to really know. 
LL Brood. Hey, Lona, good morning. It seems like there's something I need to point out. In the gameplay trailer, there's another big guy who has a backpack. Who do you think that is? Also, I don't think it's the fourth lieutenant that we have seen. I, 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 uh, I don't know. Oh, is the, okay, okay. This is, the, this is the relevant imagery. This is the relevant imagery that he's trying to give us. Um, no, that's 100% him. The guy in the backpack right next to me it's the same hoses coming out of his face. It's the same light. It's the same. The lights are in the same positions. There's four lights for like his eyes, two down low, two up above. He's got tubes coming out of his face. Um, it's a hundred percent the exact same guy. hundred percent. Not to mention he's holding the same dadgum weapon. <laughs> Brood, he's holding the same weapon. Um, <laughs> you disagree? There's nothing to disagree about. It's the same. It's the same guy. It, he's got the same tubes coming out of his face. The backpack's identical. Look, you can see there's a flat part on top here, and in this picture you've given me, there's a flat part. Oh, you guys can't see my mouse. There's a flat part on top. Yeah, it's the same guy. I it, it, there's not really anything to disagree or agree about. It's exactly the same. Um. Different backpack, different eyes, same model. No, there's literally four guys, and they show us three in this picture. Um, they, they they show us three in this picture. I mean, it, it there's four dudes that got four names. They show all three on the website. Let's see. Yeah, they don't show all four on the website. Um, it's this, He's holding the same weapon, and it's the exact same backpack. We don't see the fourth lieutenant only in the trailer. I I don't know. I feel like we always go down this rabbit hole and 99% of the time you're going to hate me saying this, but I've like I've gotten it right like 99% of the time. I had people that said that the worm on Mars was a catch ship. We've gone round and round before on this stuff before. Like <laughs> it's the same guy, dude. Just cuz his eyes are blue. I don't think so, man. Like, it. this guy isn't the same. You're gonna make me actually do this in the big image. You're gonna make me do it. Alright. So, he has the exact same hose is coming out of his face. Exact same hoses. You can see at the top here, there is a literal flat part on the back, and there's a V pattern fanning out, right? There's a V pattern fanning out from the backpack. Go here, same thing. There's a V pattern going out, a flat shelf, and he's got the same hoses coming out of his face. There's two front hoses, two back hoses coming out of his face. He has this almost like draped hat thing on his head and he's got four lights the lights are the only thing that are different here his lights are purple here his lights are blue you can analyze the weapon that he's holding it's the exact same weapon that he's holding right down here in the shaded part you can see the hammer the hammer design and the back sort of stock design is identical to what he's holding it is exactly the same guy the only difference is the color of his lights like it wouldn't make sense to say there's four elite lieutenants and all three of the ones thanks mama all three of the ones we see here are dramatically different maybe there's twins i'll give you that potentiality that maybe he's a twin or something um i'm talking about the part that doesn't make him a fallen reasons why they look the same is because they're fallen 
Of course, their model looks the same. The backpack is entirely different. How can you say the backpack's entirely different when this backpack is in the shadows and this backpack is lit up and it has a top shelf? How many backpacks look that way, by the way? Like, I don't know. It, it's, uh, uh it's the same guy. It's the same guy. Um, it's fine. You can be wrong in a month. Uh... <laughs> You can be wrong in a month. I'm not spending any more time on this. Darksider. With all the information released so far, it feels like Bungie is trying to de-hype the expansion. Do you feel like Bungie can create enough hype for Beyond Light in less than three weeks? I don't necessarily think... um, I don't necessarily think this is a de-hype, especially today. I actually thought this was was a really, really good uh, trailer. I thought it, I thought they did a very good job with it. Um they they establish the antagonist it's it's dramatic it's great music i don't know i i would i would at this moment in time i would not say they're de-hyping um now if you would have asked this question earlier this morning then i would have been like yeah they're not really saying anything the trailer did nothing for me i mean that, that's subjective to you um that's subjective to you like if it didn't do anything for you it 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 was it was a garden variety destiny trailer dope music dope characters really good dialogue you know if it didn't do anything for you i like i don't know i wouldn't say that so uh darksider with another one with all the information released so far it feels like bungie is trying to oh you submit the same question twice second question from brood who do you think the fourth lieutenant is? We see him on the far left with the three lieutenants plus Aramis. They're up there talking in the beginning of the trailer. We haven't seen anything on this guy. No close-up picture. He looks Viking-ish. I'm not sure why they opted to only show us the three after they say there's four. That does seem a little interesting. Um, I I don't, I don't necessarily know. Okay, you got the picture. All right, hang on a second. Uh... Oh, that guy. Yeah, he's got, like, horns. Yeah, he's got, like, horns. Um, hang on, chat. I'll get it for you. So you can see it in the big uh, in the big picture. It's another unknown image. Yeah, he's right there. Um, yeah, it looks like he's wearing some big fur coat-looking thing, uh, too. And then you can see the dude with, like, the backpack with, like, the that platform on the top. And there's Aramis... And then this guy over here looks like this guy here with like the fur coat. This guy here with like the bullet rings and the and the spiky head. This guy doesn't have the spiky head. He has the smooth head. So yeah, it's weird. We see three here and not all four. And then here we see three and not all four. Um, and that's definitely not that guy. Yeah, that's a different head. That's a different helmet. Yeah. Um... I don't know. If he's in the trailer, then they're not trying to keep him a secret. If he's in that cutscene with her that's likely going to be in the campaign, then they're not keeping him like a secret or something. Like he's going to surprise us and be like, surprise, mother. Like he's just going to jump out and be like a last minute, you know, boss or something or a raid boss. Um, so I would, I would expect them to be like the Barons. Uh, that's been kind of my off-the-cuff prediction uh, based on this stuff. Um, uh, 
and the the barons i think served as a good um a good rhythm during the forsaken campaign i really like the way they set that up how they were it's like a, a persistent sort of threat and these each fight was really you know unique i would imagine that these these guys here in this picture um, are all going to have very unique fighting styles. That guy with the backpack is probably going to put out some sort of a shock or stasis field or something from the backpack. The guy with like like I don't even know they're like bullet rings or something. Um, he could be very like you know uh, you know arsenal related shooting a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of that stuff I think could be you know similar to the way the Barons worked. Guys, we're at 930 likes and still over a thousand viewers. This has been one of our strongest days on YouTube. Thank you so much for the support. We will be jumping to a VIP call-in session soon. If you'd like to join us for that, you got to pick the VIP tier uh, as a paying member. If you want to submit questions in the chat or the Discord, you do need to be a paying member. It's totally free to click subscribe. Subscribing and doing a paid membership are separate things. So if you haven't clicked subscribe yet, do so and help us hit a thousand likes today. That really, really helps the recommendations of the video. Cardock says, in this episode, we see two different sides of the child's force abilities. One to t- Whoops, I am reading the wrong Q&A form. <laughs> I was like, what is this Star Wars talk? <laughs> that's a different form, chat. That's another show. That's another show. That's repeat theater, Mandalorian, uh, season one, episode seven. <laughs> you know what I should have done? I should have taken that question like nothing was wrong and everyone been like, what just happened? And been like, what? You guys just transported in time and space and you're now in a repeat theater episode. I don't know what the problem is. Like, I don't really think it's that strange for something like that to happen. I mean, I, you guys are here with me. This is how it's always... We've, we've actually been talking about Mandalorian Season 1, Episode 7 for the last hour. So, I mean, look at the scene. Clearly, clearly, if you look at the scene and the setup right now, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pulling like a fast one or anything. You know? I, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, that was this lag. That was lag. By the way, we do another show in the afternoons called Repeat Theater. It's great. We break down movies and TV shows. It's like a watch club book club for movies and TV shows. So make sure to check out repeattheaterlive.com if you haven't already. So again, if you enjoy this content and you prefer uploads, don't forget you can go to sntrvideos.com for the upload archive channel that will never hit your sub feed. This is a purely live channel now. So if you want to listen live SN or watch live, sntrlive.com. You can also find all these episodes on every podcast platform us out there we're going to keep on streaming discussing breaking stuff down we might watch the trailer again here in a minute Uh, so don't go anywhere live audience if you want to watch that trailer again as always if you're listening elsewhere or watching elsewhere please like share and subscribe thank you for listening to or watching another episode of sntr presents this is going to be the viewer vip call-ins that took place after my talk about the beyond light story trailer and the q a if you're listening to this on any of the podcast platforms in an audio format you can always watch the live video streams by going to sntrlive.com sntrlive.com will bring you to the live channel we also now have an archive channel if you like these segments uploaded separately on a youtube channel but you don't want your sub feed overwhelmed sntrvideos.com will take you to that channel and they will not be blasting your sub feed they're just an archive upload for repeat theater and this show as well and really easy tool and great thing we've built is sntrnetwork.com so we have live videos and network all under the sntr heading so sntrnetwork.com is literally everything under one hub so bookmark sntrnetwork.com for videos 
blog post and all of the schedules for what we're going to talk about, cover, or the watch parties themselves. So Greg, or Mr. Hombrello, is the first call in today. He has elite question mark, the elite four, I'm sorry, question mark, thoughts. So talking about the four sort of Baron-like characters, go ahead with what you want to talk about, Greg. I don't know why I only put one thing because I always usually diverge off into other things. But I'll start with these guys because these guys to me are very, very interesting, right? The I I really like the idea that they like have more advanced specialized darkness abilities. And I think that there's gonna make for some very interesting mechanics. Possibly might lead to us getting more fragments to evolve our own abilities who knows how that goes right and especially mm-hmm. given one of the guys seems to be holding uh, a stasis or a, a darkness splinter in his little backpack thing uh the only thing that i am really kind of like erring on the side of caution for is that i know people enjoyed the barons for the story and they worked well for the campaign for forsaken but I really, I, I kind of wish and hope that Bungie learned from that and go, okay, the Barons were good, but the replayability of the Barons is really poor, okay? Like, it's okay for the first, like, you know, maybe like four or five times, then after that, it's like, all right, I got to do this. I got to go play this adventure if I want to do that again. And it's, you know it's just kind of gets very boring and stale and people forget about them and they fall to the wayside. Right. But yep. they, they have the chance here to introduce, you know, I, I think given they're called the elite, mm-hmm. you know, the house salvation elites to introduce them as general, like very tough enemies, maybe even possibly spread their abilities into champions and in harder contacts. And I hope that they do that because I, I have a feeling that the mechanics for fighting them and their, and their particular ability is going to be really fun. I, and I hope they're going to be quite fun, and I don't want to see that go to waste by putting them into these, like, one-off or very forgetful, like, you know, campaign or event. I'm not saying, that, like, the actual campaign's going to be forgetful, but I don't want them to just be, like, put off and shoved into a little box that you only play against them for this one mission or, yeah. you know, they only serve a specific purpose. It, it would be nice for them to expand, you know their use or to at least expand their abilities and gameplay into other areas of the game outside the campaign. I mean, I a hundred percent agree. I, I mentioned that in the, in the talk when I did the breakdown and I said that that was honestly one of the, hi- it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a mixture. Uh, I'm kind of conflicted on it, right? The, one of the high points of the forsaken campaign was that really, really dope sort of Western card game playing card thing that spider narrated. And he goes through all of the barons and it's dope. You're like, yes, we're going to go track these guys down and we're going to take them out. And then that's it. They have you, all of the fights are unique. I still remember the fight against the hangman because his light, that thing is like swinging and the lights cascading through like the jail cell bars. And, then the who was the guy that shot all the bombs out of his back? Was that the Mad Bomber or was the Mad Bomber the guy on the Sparrow? I can't actually remember. I think no. One of them was like the mechanic, like the not the mechanic. It was some. It was some person like made weapons and stuff. It might have been the Mad Bomber. I the can't. Machine, that, the machinist was the machinist. a leaked name, but the, I thought the machinist was a leaked name for Wrath that ended up being Vosik. Uh, I can't, I only remember the trickster, the hangman, um, 
in any case in any case i i thought that was a perfect opportunity to have unique weapons dropping from both the hangman could have had a really really cool you know melee weapon oh was it the machinist okay um it was almost used twice okay so you know the mad bomber had bombs the machinist had the rockets that shot out in a volley right he like shot stuff out of his back he could have had a really really cool you know weapon that could drop like some kind of crazy grenade launcher uh then there was like yeah the rifleman or whatever that sniper guy could have had a really dope linear fusion or a sniper or something the mindbender shotgun right but the mindbender as a fight I mean, there there was a, a just a mountain of potential there. Every fight was unique, every character was unique, and they could have had a unique drop that was farmable as a replayable, yep. you know, mission or something. And I am 100% with you in thinking like, okay, you got these four guys, they all clearly have a look, and having them drop a particular thing as well as being grindable would be dope. I'd be really, yes. really upset if we literally kill them and then that's the end of it. It'll be a repeat of what I thought was such a mixture of like the high point of Forsaken ended up being one of the more disappointing factors of it. It's like, well, those fights are awesome. Why was that all we did? And why was there no unique drops for them? <laughs> yeah, and then I think Clickfire said, oh, but they made some of them into strike bosses or whatever. And I'm like, okay, but do you enjoy doing those? Not really. Because the fanatic the fanatic is, strike we have. Yeah, right. it's super long. It, it's got health gating. It's got forced mechanics for like having to get you know shoot a stupid shield down and then spawn all the waves. And okay, you get the you get the mind bender shotgun out of it. Great. Which makes no but sense. He's not the mind bender. Like you get a right. mind bender shotgun from the <laughs> fanatic. What? Yeah. So it's like the only other time you get to fight fight another baron is when you have to like go through the super long basically just a story mission it's like that's not fun whereas like you know i it makes sense for forsaken for the barons to like kind of be put in that way because they what they do is unique and they do serve a purpose but these guys like all the fallen now have stasis powers okay and now we're being introduced to like this whole new generation of gameplay with you know at least in destiny with how we're going to deal with them and what we're going to be facing so they have the opportunity to expand and spread stuff and yeah they you feel like they could drop unique loot maybe we could farm them for for like fragments in the future or something as like maybe nightfall bosses or you know who knows um the, the other thing i wanted to to touch on was just something i noticed was in the trailer the splinter, so like, you know, the splinter that she's holding is the one that we're getting in the collector's edition, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as it comes down from the pyramid inside, you know, inside their little arena place, wherever they are, it's it's open and it folds in together and then it comes down. And I'm like, hmm, they like to hide stuff in the collector's edition. I know there's lore in there, but I'm wondering, and I kind of noticed this when I looked at it, like when they first showed us, like if it opens up and there's something inside of it that's going to like, give us something in game or hint to something like that that's just a little side note though well i wonder too isn't there a clip where the stranger has one too and that's we were we were theorizing that ends up being the artifact what if during that scene like the stranger busts in teleports in grabs it and teleports out and that becomes our artifact and then aramis is obviously gonna be really ticked (laughs) because maybe she needs it or wants it uh i feel like there's a clip of the stranger holding that thing 
Well, it seems like that one huge piece is like handing out the fragments to all the, you know, all of them so that they can get their abilities because Aramis has a fragment and then there's another generic fallen that's going in to get, I know it's one of her elite goes to grab oh, it. Oh yeah, you're right. So, so maybe we go on a maybe, mission to go in there. Yeah. Yeah. We go, we go in there or we go wherever they end up moving it to, to go and get our powers or something. Who knows? Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts on the on the elite. Just don't make them one off and expand on them more. Like you know, learn from the mistakes of the barons and Forsaken, and we'll been, have a good time. I mean, I've been saying that since Forsaken is that they should always be yeah. asking two questions: what kind of replayability can we get out of this, and then what kind of loot can we put in there? If you're not asking those two questions about Destiny content, then I feel they're failing. To not not totally failing, but like you're failing to a certain degree to do what to me is the basics. Like interference is a good example. How how can we get re- re- replayability out of it? They got replayability out of it. Right. However, there's no loot, and it's like, no. I, you know, it would have been cool to each week go through the proper process, and then you can run interference as many times as you want, and maybe have a drop, maybe have something dropping in there. You know, remember the taken shotgun, the stolen will? It'd have been really cool to have like a takenified weapon in there that looked kind of like the stolen will or something. So that's always the half measure. It's like they always get. Look at look at the barons. The barons actually did have unique armor drops. One of the cooler uh, titan helmets in the game looks kind of like Black Panther a little bit. And then there's that yeah. one chest that there's the chest piece for the uh, the warlock and I think the hunter that actually look really cool. Okay, but it's a half measure. You can't really grind for them. And that was it. Like they're, they they were just a couple of armor pieces. So it's like you were so close to getting yeah. it right. It was like three armor pieces spread between like the five or six barons that only came up like every two weeks or something it was kind of it, it was it was a half measure it wasn't it wasn't good enough um i also hope they, they really released that soundtrack because that gave me serious like tron legacy vibes and i need more of that <laughs> yeah yeah i the sat the, the, the music in this trailer was really cool it had a really cool like synth wave going on Somebody's asking why I'm doing the nightfall. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm doing Q. I'm doing a VIP call-in. Um, Lono is an orbit streamer, guys. Come on. Yeah, I, I, I don't play the game. I stopped playing the game for Q&A in these segments a long time ago. I don't even have the game open right now. I closed it. Um, you might be behind on the broadcast when I was checking what the various nightfalls were. You might want to make sure you're live. That seems like you're a little bit behind. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I really hope they continue to ask those two questions because if not, I'm always concerned that they waste so much time on stuff that just ends up behind us. All those Baron fights, Panoptes, and potentially these four lieutenants could be, again, you know, works works of art that we crumble up and throw over our shoulder. You know, you, somebody spends time creating all of this and these fights and these mechanics and these really, really cool, you know, scenarios. And then we're like, neat, story's over, woof, and we throw it over our shoulder. And it's like, come on, that just that, that's not the kind of game this is to begin with. We There, there really should not be a, a wood chipper behind the player just shredding through, you know, content. There should always be a revisit. And if Clickfire saying, you know, people re- cry, reskin, rehash, it's like a catch-22. I'll be honest, I don't think that criticism should get traction anymore. 
I think Bungie should be like, nah, we did the interference mission, people seem to like it, and we're going to continue to revisit uh, fights and and uh, and missions and things, and then the next thing they need to do is start putting a loot incentive in there, and if people are going to complain, I don't freaking care, then don't run it. Like, nobody's going to force you to run, <laughs> nobody forced you to run interference, they put a pinnacle in there to make it worth your time, and they put cool lore and a really, really cool culmination, and if somebody's going to, like, reskin, I'm going to be like, I don't care, like, I, and, and Bungie should do the same thing. Just start shrugging that off. Like, who gives a frick? The whole game is a reskin and a piece of repurpose. You run contact, strikes, nightfalls. Everything <laughs> is a is a you revisit everything. I go back to the Alright guys, how do we actually even play the game? It's just it's just a bunch of mini games within the game. Right? You do the same thing for every activity. You sit in orbit, you pick something, you run it, you go back to orbit, you pick something else, you run it, but we play it anyway because it's fun. Because the loop within those things are fun. Who cares if it's like the same base thing over and over again? Sometimes the loot is really good and the loop is enjoyable. It doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, what what was Call of Duty? Running around the same map for 10 minutes at a time doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, millions of people play that and don't complain. Well, and the other thing to consider here is we will overlook something that's not that enjoyable if the loot's really good. I mean, people really committed to Grass of Malak farms and Mago Loop, and in this game we probably have their equal in the Mindbenders, I would think. Really not that great, not that consistent delivery of the loot, unfun grind, and yet people did it. Why? The loot drives you. So these fights with these four lieutenants can be good, decent but if it's replayable and there's a great piece of loot from each of them to chase people have proven time and again that loot is a really really strong motivator low card farming and trials numbers surging when certain weapons are on win three like we we that we all as a player base respond to loot so i i I mean think about how many how much time people spent grinding for the spare rations and one of the worst activities ever made like, right. it's one of the best hand cannons people really, really needed to have it. So they sat through a horribly designed activity because the loot was worth it. Yeah. The Imago was horrible no matter what role. Uh, I don't know what you're... T- well, you can't be serious. That was one of the best PvE hand cannons back then. It was great. It had great roles. There, there, was, there wasn't a contender for it in PvE. Palindrome could get some decent PvE roles, but... Imago was the god tier hand cannon back then. It was better than the one you could get from Future War Cult, and it was better than the Palindrome. It had better base stats. Uh, it was an excellent weapon. Um, I always felt like the Imago loop and the Fatebringer looked a little bit too much like a flare gun. I, were, I wish it would have been maybe a, a, a better model, but now I go back and look at that model, and I love it. I'm like, oh, I want that. I, and I hear it being shot. Uh, <laughs> I hear it being shot, and I'm like, oh, what a great gun. Um... But the, the, the main point I think that we're making is make it replayable and put a worthy incentive in there and people will play the content. It's, it's a very simple equation. Stop messing this up. Like, there should not be a question about replayable content and loot incentive. This many years into the franchise, if they swing and miss on this expansion, it's going to be very, very disappointing. Cause, Especially cause, when they're charging more. Yeah, because think about it. Shadowkeep, oh, Shadowkeep almost got it. Rotating nightmare hunts week to week, and they can have a chance to drop that little thing that can make you, uh, then you can go and get the weapon from the lectern. And all they had to do 
was have the gun dropping at the harder difficulties. It's like a guarantee. So you could grind the heck out of it and get a drop every time, and it's worth it. And you're getting the currency for the lectern. They they were they, they, they get so close every dadgum time. It's like, if I could have just grinded Gaul for the shotgun, instead of getting the thing to then go do a tedious bounty grind, like, just have it drop from Gaul. Like, the nightmare hunts were just, you're right there. You're, you're so, you are so close. It's like when you're watching your kid try to do something and you don't want to help. You want them to figure it out on their own and you're just, you're seeing them get so close to tying their shoes or something. It's like, I feel like I'm always watching Bungie just, they're just, they're right there. They're about to grab it and then they fall, then they fall a little bit short. And, uh, I think that's why Menagerie was so highly praised in its initial inception, and I think that's also why Sundial, uh, if Sundial would have had some standout perks and some standout weapons, maybe in a hard mode, then I think Sundial would have been one of the more praised PvE pieces of content, but the hard mode was worthless, and the, and the, and the most of the guns were very samey to stuff that we had, other than the Martyr's Retribution. There wasn't anything in there that was that incredible. They were good weapons, don't get me wrong, they weren't bad weapons. But there wasn't a strong drive because it was like I already have a weapon sort of in that hemisphere of of, uh, of efficiency. So, so they're get, they're they're get. It's, I feel like they're getting closer and closer every year to figuring out how to empower the player to do a targeted farm and be generous. And right now, all they've got to do is reverse engineer the grind so the loot's dropping in the game instead of the tower or a bounty. And I think we're there. I really do. I think we're like we're right there. You just got to switch to. It's like. When you're trying to solve a puzzle or something in a game and you realize you got two pieces in the wrong spot and you flip them around and everything falls together, that's how I feel like with Destiny right now. It's just switch these things around so loot's dropping in the game and I still have control over my targeted farm so I'm chasing and I know what I'm getting and you've, you've fixed the, the content loop. Now all you gotta do is, again, I may obviously make the loot better. We need better perks and more interesting perks, but... It seems that adept weapons and, and raid gear are, are hopefully going to bring that uh, that hierarchy of loot and value. So they just have to step over the line and kind of not be afraid to just let us have things. You know what I mean? Like there's they are they're so close, they're so close, but they always have to add just that just that little little bit of annoyingness to everything. But I think right, the- I don't know. I feel like this expansion is going to be them going. You know what? this is it we're gonna we're going all in on this we're gonna give people a good experience and i i hope they do go that like more direct route and finally step over the line they almost reached with shadow keep and and the dungeon is another great example of this a prophecy dungeon they get loot they get loot logistics as far as a grind goes, they nail it. I can keep playing it. Yep. It's, we've been asking that for forever. And what do we get? Reissued weapons. Oh, are you... What? It's like, come on! You were <laughs> right there! Advice. All you had to do was put some standout weapons in Prophecy. Please, I am begging you, Bungie, when you bring Prophecy back, after Beyond Light launches, give it some dope weapons. Like, put something in there. The, the, the armor is cool looking and gets, you know, good stat propensities, but it all says Dido or Dado on it or whatever the frick. It's like, I don't want that on there. I want armor. I don't want that big giant, you know, Dado tattoo on there or Dido. Mm-hmm. You know, so the armor was, it, at least the armor does look cool. I don't like that I can't turn that, that, uh, that decal off. That would be a nice, you know, customization upgrade, but 
Man, put some weapons in there, dead gummit. Like, Icolos weapons and a death adder? Like, what is going on? I, you know, I, so <laughs> just again, they just got to bring some things together. And it's, 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 it's all right there. It's like the loot logistics of the prophecy dungeon and actually bring in guns that are worth chasing. And you've, you have won the big quandary about how to do loot content loops and loot pursuit in Destiny. Um, you've tried skeleton keys. You tried menagerie. You tried black armory, you know, bounties. You've tried you've tried everything under the sun. You, I, I think we can finally put it to bed and figure out how to do this right. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Pass it on over to uh, yeah. Next caller, 4K Manning. Next caller, thank you. Thanks for calling in, Greg. 4K Manning says, "How important is it for Bungie to nail this story?" I'm gonna unmute you and let you elaborate on this that you're calling in about, sir. Morning, Lionel. How's it going? Good, man. Thanks for calling in. Oh yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so the three things I wanted to touch on is the one I stated. So how important is it to for Bungie to nail the story? And then you guys were walking the fine line with my second point. I was hoping you guys weren't going to say it and I was going to be able to uh, get away with it. But um, to touch on the, the barons or the elites, or they're, they're being called. And the one thing I wanted to touch on is should they be getting specific loot? Like should each elite get a specific armor set or a specific weapon um, where you can go and say, hey, look, this is what I got from so-and-so elite. Um, and then the third thing was being, how can it be Taken King-esque, Shadowkeep, not Shadowkeep, sorry, Taken King-esque and Forsaken-esque. Um, I just, I don't know if you want to look at it now, I just shot two screenshots in the live stream chat. Um, I noticed in the trailer that at, I think it was a minute and 13 seconds, it was like a CGI, a insanely good CGI of some type of fallen enemy or one of the elites. And it reminded me of Taken King so much. Like, I don't know if it's the textures they used or or just the animation or the way the enemy was portrayed, but it just reminded me of Taken King and it gave me that, like you said in your in your reaction, was like that gave you a Taken King vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's what that kind of gave me. Um, so to go back to the first point is how important is, is it for Bungie to nail the story? Um, I think it's insanely important because of how, I didn't agree with the Shadowkeep story. Like I love the reveal of the pyramid, but I think that the whole Scarlet Keep thing and what is Crota's daughter, I don't think that was important at all. That had no relevance at all. Um, and I think that was a large complaint. And I don't think we've gotten since Forsaken a credible story where we've played and, and celebrated it, where we thought, hey, this, this story was amazing. I, I want to keep finding out about this. Um, and I think right now we're at a story where this can take us so many years into the future. And it already is with their roadmap with Lightfall and uh, the Witch Queen. So yeah. I think it's insanely important for them to nail the story and get people to buy the game because of how good the story can be. Yeah, and I, I think the screenshot you showed is is good. Like he's got he's he's got two screenshots. One's of Oryx like taking up the entire screen, and then the other is one of the one of the elites kind of taking up the entire screen, giving this idea that there will be a sort of central focus on on an on an enemy, on a on a villain, on an antagonist. You know, Aramis is is narrating most of the trailer. And that to me gives me that that vibe. And I I 100% agree. I think Shadowkeep of all stories was cool, but it lacked that what are we actually fighting and doing? And 
it would ha- so it was cool thematically but it lacked clarity and i wonder if that's just a symptom of the fact that like year three was a get by year it was like we're, we're getting we got to get by so let's bring the moon back we'll do something kind of generic that isn't really any of the bad guys it doesn't really move the story forward other than the discovery of the pyramid ship that's really the only thing that moves the story forward to indicate that they're coming and they view themselves as our salvation, which ties into the pyramids moving during Worthy and then showing up during Arrivals. Like, I think that was good as far as, like, this this story's not going to be that great, but it's going to plant a seed that's going to grow a year later uh, in the Interference mission and then Eris, and then fundamentally it's going to lead to, you know, Europa and a pretty big uh, expansion. So... And, and what you were saying about the specific drops, I mean, obviously we touched on that. I've always thought if you're going to bring in something that, you know, enemy fights that are that iconic and they can get away from, you know, muddling up the, the strike playlist, if these, if these elite fights are, you know, replayable adventures, which are mini missions, that's what they did with the Baron fights. The Baron fights were not strikes and arguably they probably could have been strikes. They turned them into adventures and... I would, I would love to, to, to see that. And I do think one of the reasons this could be a really, really great time for Destiny is really, really good story kind of lets a, lets a game capture folks. And I think that the Taken King did that. And this time around, having a central villain and having a central cause, all the people that are coming in on Game Pass, that's a lot of people. They're going to go through that tutorial and be like, whoa, this... This cinematic is kind of cool. This enemy, this seems kind of dope. Like, and then they become a fan. It's one thing to dip your toe into a game for free. You don't have any skin in the game. You got Game Pass. You're getting a bunch of free games. You try out Destiny. The hope would be, we all know the shooting feels phenomenal. We know using the abilities in the supers just feels super dope. As soon as I saw a Nova Bomb five or six years ago, I wanted to play the game, right? And they can capture people with that. But then I think you really, really kind of pull them in if the world itself and the enemy and the, and the main villain is, uh, is, is interesting and cool. Oryx was cool, you know? It was like, oh, this guy is big and nuts. He's got a huge ship and he's dark and he's got great dialogue. And I think Aramis could, could fill yeah. that. I, I think it, I agree exactly with that point. Is the, the point I want to make with that is I'm on Pinterest a lot and I'm on Destiny Pinterest all the time just to get some dope, you know, wallpaper, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I constantly, con- it, it's every three pictures is an Oryx concept art. I never, I never see a, uh, whatever her name was, the daughter of Crota from the Scarlet Keep concept art ever in that, <laughs> on, on Pinterest because no one, no one finds it interesting because it's not a very interesting story. So I, I totally agree with your point of having there be a villain that, and I, and I think it kind of ties in with, with Marvel. People love Thanos because like he actually has a reasoning for what he's doing and people can kind of relate to what he's doing and find the reasoning. And I think uh, if you have a villain like that, I think that can drive the game a long way. Yeah, and Oryx was that. I remember just finding... I forget why I was doing it. It was something for Twitter. It might have been when we did Age of Triumph. And I remember going to Twitter and getting animated GIFs for him for like my go-lives. And I was always like, yeah. man, he was just so dope looking. And I like that you brought up Thanos yeah. because... There's something about a giant, seemingly unbeatable god, which Thanos has that, Oryx has that, and then the victory is all the sweeter. You know, beating Axis in yeah. Rise of Iron was kind of like, who in the heck was that? You know, if it would have been a big, awesome, tough Iron Lord, I think it would have been a better, you know, climax. Uh, yeah. And Shadowkeep didn't have that either. 
you know, Last Wish and Riven, that was, I mean, that was really cool. That was pretty epic. That was yep. an epic, it, that was honestly, I think, probably one of their most ambitious pieces of content is the Last Wish raid. It's a shame it's so cheesed because it's very ambitious. It's enormous. It's got to be one of the biggest spaces in the entire game next to the Leviathan. Um, yeah. So this, this is where I want to make sure though and qualify man I'm excited looks like the story might actually be they might nail it but this doesn't mean I feel like I've got all my questions answered which I know we're going to get into this with some other people about the lack of info and stuff right now we're still kind of feeling that vacancy yep Uh, the last thing I got for Yolanda was how do you think how do you think what do they need to do to the story in order to make it Taken King Forsaken-esque like I think they're going in the right direction like we've stated before with the elites like having the elites and then having the one big bad boss, I think you're headed there in the right direction. I think the addition of barracks and you know having tower vendors also visit the location like Eris and um, the Drifter, I think that is driving good story because now you're actually tying in, because we you're you're tying in people in the game that you talk to every day, because you feel like Zavala just sits in the tower all day, sits in the tower and stares at the traveler for three three hundred sixty five days a year, he doesn't really do anything in the story. So I think it's a they're in a going in a good direction when they actually tie in people f- vendors from the tower to actually play the story with you and be there in the story with you. I think that's a I think that's a right move. So those are my two points on that. But what are your kind of hey this needs to happen in order for it to be that kind of expansion like Taken King and Forsaken? I don't think you always have to kill somebody, but I think it might be time to kill somebody. You know, like I, I definitely don't want it to be um, Varix because like he just got back. But sometimes you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta do that. You gotta pull that. And I know Cade Six was a, was a, was a tough one. Um, it might be time for Zavala to disappear or to die, or you could even have them yeah. fighting alongside of us. Maybe some of the changes they're making with the quest scripting and the physics scripting will allow them to do that. Um, now I want to make sure too. Somebody's saying they, they disagree with me about killing Axis feeling awesome and like his final form was intimidating. Don't get me wrong. As a boss, he is stellar. It's one of the best boss fights they've ever designed, and I love his voice and how he's talking to us in another language the whole time, and how they don't even let increased fallen damage affect him because he's no longer fallen. He's something else. He's he's more Siva than fallen. I, there was no story punch because he came out of nowhere. If we would have seen him. Imagine cutscenes with Axis and his cool voice and subtitles translating what he's saying, talking about ascending to the to the height of a of a machine god and explaining what the fallen are doing, and then we finally face off against him. You gotta admit that I've added a whole lot more punch to that fight. He was cool. Like, do some really cool camera pans of him and let us know like who is this guy? You could even do it before he's in his final form. So that that still is a surprise when he's like this giant weird looking spider thing. So but but to what you're saying about story, I I I think I am more concerned about the story being significant, but also substantive. I I, I really want that replay value because I feel like it's yeah. wasted effort if not. Yep. Cool. So, so yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, thanks for calling in, bro. Thanks, Lana. All right, we're gonna go down here to Mister Gritter. And some of you guys look like you're continuing to submit questions. You got a little confused. We're in VIP call-ins now, so we re we re-engineer the Q and A form for this time for VIPs to submit what they're calling in about. So Gritter and Lightleap, as far as I know, are the remaining two callers. So I'm going to Mr. Gritter unmuting, and it says here, does the trailer quell concerns over price at this point? You want to you want to elaborate on that? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I feel like up to now, I still think we're gonna get more. I think we're gonna get one more. We're gonna get like a, an, an actual raid trailer, probably like between that Tuesday, um, and you know when the raid launches. I think we're, we're still gonna get the Vi Doc. Um, I I think. I mean, for me, I think we kind of. I'm kind of. I mean, I understand people wanting more info as to where their money is going. Why should they pay? But I kind of feel like we kind of already have a, at least a good justification for, you know, why we should drop the $50, uh, you know, especially the 50, you know, like in chat, I, I did rattle some stuff off, you know, I, I, you know, I talked about, you know, we're getting the Cosmodrome, we're getting a new planet, we're getting three darkness subclasses, a raid, fleshed out main villain, her lieutenants, exotics that utilize darkness. I mean, I, I just go through and of course we're going to get our six man or six person activity catalyst and all that you know next gen and all that but um i know some people will say well greater in the past some of that stuff has just been free and that's the expectations bungie's given us is that you know some of the stuff is just considered free content but you know i, I did have to raise a point that you know there's, in, in, in economics is really i know no one wants to hear this i don't even want to hear this as a consumer when i go buy stuff no one likes hidden costs i mean everyone dislikes hidden costs but I think with these type of hidden costs for this expansion, we kind of do see what, what I guess what they would, I mean, it's hidden, but it's not hidden. You see what, I mean, all the stuff I listed, that stuff they had to build from the ground up. They had to pay, you know, they had to pay man hour time for that, for, you know, the bunch of employees. Are we going to say, I mean, is anyone willing to say all that new stuff they had to build from the ground up that I mentioned, even the next gen consoles? I don't think this is still justification. I think we should still get that on November 10th for the next gen console just taking such hard time for them. We gotta wait till December 8th. Are we willing to say they should not be compensated for that? Yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, I'll start with the, you know, quelling concerns over price and, and you know, you feeling confident we're gonna get for more information and, you know, the debate is, is, is still well and going in the Discord about how we just we don't have a lot of information right now. I'm gonna sort of attempt to maybe diagnose what's going on. Okay. I think I think free to play and and Game Pass is muddying the waters for people that are gonna shell out the fifty bucks because it's like now wait a minute a significant portion of what you've told me about is being given to Game Pass people and free to play players. What am I getting for? paying and i i highlighted this problem with season of arrivals page when i went there and i went to the bullet point list and i said there's so many things that both the free player and the paying player get now that's a little different it's only ten dollars we know the season pass has got a bunch of great stuff in it so for for the people that are like i don't really care i know i'm gonna play destiny i'll pay the money you know more power to you God love you. I did the same thing i just pre-order because i know i'm going to be playing but i think the curiosity and the what I think is growing into a visible frustration is that everything we're seeing, so much of it has a little checkbox next to it that's like, yep, you get that for free, or yep, you get that for Game Pass, which is exactly why I think there's a big difference right now, especially in the Discord, between people that are like, I have enough info, and people that are like, we don't really have any info. We have a lot of generic info, and so much of it is related to things that are basically free. So I think Game Pass and free-to-play is creating this tension. Now, Bungie's probably thinking, 
how many Avengers and Necros are there out there that are wanting all that extra info? And then how many mid lane casual players are looking at all the cool flashy stuff and they're seeing Game Pass and everything else and they're like, this sounds dope. I, I bet you they're probably banking on the majority not looking for the level of info that the rest of us are kind of looking for. Um, and then as far as, you know, the price, what is essentially a price increase and next gen and them recouping their cost. I don't necessarily know if that's even the the, the, the cost difference. Um, maybe when they finally outline in greater detail everything that we get, or maybe once it launches, we have a better understanding of why they separated the, the 40 for the expansion and the $10 for the season. Because a $50 expansion, what what in essence, what amounts to a $50 expansion, that's a tall order. If Division... 2 or Borderlands 3 or any of these games came out and said we're launching a $50 expansion I think the natural question from virtually everybody would be what in the heck am I getting? That's expensive that's almost a full game. I mean people I, already said that about $40 ex- expansions they're certainly going to say that about 50 So I think, oh go sorry ahead. go ahead No no no, no go I was ahead gonna say, I think, I think um, in that aspect, see I totally did not think about it from the aspect of free to play and game pass getting so much of what someone who pays fifty dollars is getting, so when you look at it like that, like that from a business perspective, the only thing you know, I, I hope, like I said, we continue to get more information. I hope it's really about just trying to keep the mystique up, and they wanted to discover stuff in the wild. It's like, oh my god, this is like the new favorite, oh, you know. But um, I, um, the only other thing I can think of is this could be the Bungie Microsoft Cooley, like, hey. You notice that big difference, so I want you to come on over us to, uh, to Game Pass then, and you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about that. You know, I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid. I'm happy with my PS5 that's going to overheat. <laughs> but um, aside from that, um, yeah, that that what you said just put it in better perspective then, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think that that is, if I try to imagine what what it would feel like right now if there was no Game Pass or free to play, we would be like, holy crap this expansion we're getting a brand new planet we're getting the cosmodrome we're getting new subclasses we're getting a raid oh look at this story i think people would feel like the list of things they're getting is is bigger is fuller but right now people are saying well wait a minute i don't i don't actually have to pay money to get access to europa i don't i don't have to pay money to get access to the cosmodrome and then you do for the sub. I'm fairly certain for the subclasses i don't think subclasses are free to play but then game pass comes in and really complicates it they get yeah. beyond light. Like what? <laughs> like wow. Like that's they literally get the expansion for 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 Game Pass. That's a pretty big deal, you know. Yeah, it is. And uh, so I I think that the marketing would would feel and that maybe maybe that might um, calm down some of the concern. Maybe not, but free to play in game pass is is a new concept and so Bungie's still continuing to market as they typically would it's just that you're starting to slice off pieces of the marketing and you're saying that's free that's game pass that's free and so the marketing feels thin when you start to get that butcher knife out and you start slicing up the information it does feel thinner and i'll admit i'm doing that too i'm saying okay well put yourself in the shoes of a game pass user right now game pass user is going to get beyond light what are you giving them for the $10 for the season? Where's that purchase page? Where's that splash page? They don't right now if you're a Game Pass holder, you have zero clue why you would spend the 10 and what you get for the 10. 
that is a little weird but we're not there yet so you know they may do the the post launch thing there are other things at play here you have to remember they got lambasted for the for the 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 calendar and the bastion what was a huge moment ended up putting a lot of egg on their face the quarters of time was a huge moment. There were tons of blogs written there. The whole world, not the whole world in parentheses, in, in quotes, right? The whole world was watching and it culminated in a, uh, like what? Like they ended up with egg on their yeah. face and they made a little gun shy. And then in the subsequent seasons, they've shown us less. And they even said, the one German community manager said, we're experimenting with giving you less information to leave more mystery. And all of that, I think, was in response to the Bastion situation. So don't don't discount that either, playing a role here and then keeping the cards close to the chest because they don't want to tell you everything or show you everything. And I know that the guys asking for info aren't, aren't, aren't asking for that necessarily. They would just like, uh, what I've been saying is kind of like a list of what's the... You know, what's the... It's like a pamphlet, right? What's, what's this package come with, you know, when you go to the, well, you know, see, the cell phone see- store? Well, see, in that regards, then I look at it as, see, I'm a PlayStation player, so I didn't even conceive of any of that, but because there's so many PC players um, in Discord and, you know, that are watching and, and listening and probably a lot of, X, you know, a few Xbox players, I joke with Xbox, but, uh, or Xbox, um, but um, they would look at that even more so because they're like, why don't I just use the Game Pass, um, you know, solution and that's probably what Bungie wants You're like yeah why don't you use a game pass solution things are much better over here come play with us over here in game pass you know um so i can see why you know because those are two ecosystems versus a one ecosystem of playstation if someone like you know sony playstation i don't see it from that angle but with those other two ecosystems which is why i probably see so much more people raising that concern i would i would probably i would definitely ask the same question then like What's the point of me giving you fifty dollars if I can just go get this in Game Pass or do Game Pass and just pay ten dollars? And like, yeah, and Bungie's like, yeah, why don't you? You know, right, right. That, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, I'll go to uh, the next caller unless you had anything else, Gritter. No, that's it. That's it. Thank you. Oh, please, please give us. Are you going to give us our graphics? Please still, still do that uh, when you can. The graphics discussion. Okay. Bye. Yeah. 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 <laughs> For those of you that don't know, always good talking to you, Gritter. Uh, for those of you that don't know, today's planned discussion was the graphical updates that you're going to get in Destiny on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. We were meant to talk about that today, but the, the trailer dropped, and I, I pulled a fast one. I put together a new rundown with images and text, and, and I just threw together a new episode. And Gritter was bumming. He was like, oh, I want to talk about that. So that's getting bumped, unfortunately. <laughs> but it will get talked about. Don't worry. We have tons of time between now and Beyond Light's long and I have a lot of filler topics to go over uh, when there's nothing new from Bungie to talk about. So we always have a TWAB and then there's trailers and blogs and hype. But in the downtimes and when things kind of like when there's not much to talk about, I still have some really good uh, subjects to cover. So Light Leap, I hope you're here because uh, I believe you're the last caller. And he's been typing, going back and forth with some of the people in chat saying, you know, hey, Beyond Light, are we getting enough value for the money as that's been uh, you know it's been a hot point of debate in the discord for the last 45 minutes so uh let's hear what you think yeah um so yeah i'm, I'm mainly calling in uh hear your thoughts on apparently people think i'm like being overly cynical so i just wanted to explain what, what maybe critics think about beyond light and also being fans of destiny um two things first this is not 
like market pricing, don't misunderstand me. I don't expect always to be the rational price for something, right? Because if Bungie has like the funnest shooter out there and they get away with producing just one weapon and selling it for $40 and the market responds, it's the way it is, right? That's what I'm like also, also going to debate. I'm not like, it, 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 from a business perspective, I'm never going to fault them to maximize their profits. So, but it, it's still... To me, what I'm gonna, or, 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 where I'm coming from is, it's it's about a rational decision. As a friend, as a fan of the franchise, what I want to see mm-hmm. for the future of the game and how much we've gotten, right? And in the same way that you think I'm cynical and I have to like take that out, that I'm like maybe disappointed or I play too much. You all like people who are super excited about it also have to realize that you're gonna get be defensive because you're hyped, you, obviously. And I don't want to take that away from you. If you look forward to it, if you like. If you think like that, that's enough for you. Go for it. I'm not gonna try and talk somebody out of buying it. I'm trying to lay down reasons why I think we should get, we could get more. And mm-hmm. so think about like generally game development. D1, like five years in development, completely new engineer system, planets, races, subclasses, gunplay, story. Right, sixty dollars. Right. And I understand DLC prices in general probably could in in this comparison be overpriced because it's loyalty it's it's probably already priced at that game low to begin with because they bank on future future um revenue so that's fine so now we're three years into d2 which launched with a lot of problems Mm -hmm. and we still as a customer base we know that they generate a lot of profits because they could uh, basically just spend a hundred million bucks to buy themselves free of Activision, right? We gave them, uh, the customer gates and the, and the product gave them the independence. So now they release the most expensive, so year three rolls around and realize we have to cut back. They come out with a free-to-play um, season pass model that's already like, you know, to loyal customers, like, okay, what are we actually getting? And now there's supposed to be this new era of Destiny, right? Um... And they, they bring out the most expensive expensive um, DLC ever. And I realize, if you're a fan of the franchise, you're going to be like, I don't care, new raid, new weapons. No, you don't even ask how many weapons or how many guns. That's enough for you, right? But for me, I'm looking at it, wait, wait, listen, I'm, I'm paying for this, and I love this game. I want to keep on playing. I know if I buy it, I'm going to play another 1000 hours. But given to what we've been given so far... And especially look at what they're taking away, right? With Forsaken, we, they, they expanded on, on existing systems like Nightfall-specific loot, right? They, they clearly dropped that with Shadowkeep already. We have no information if that's coming back. Uh, we don't know anything about... We, we know, like, let, let's assume the, the, the air armor we saw is part of Beyond Light, not of the Season Pass, so let's t- keep the Season Pass out of it. We know we're getting a raid set and a vendor refresh, right? You could even argue... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it later. So... First of all, I, I I don't see loot loot quantity has always been a little problem, and especially in year three, and I don't see any indication of um, them bringing out a lot of loot. And then in second, we forsaken we got we got systems updates, the weapons, random rolls, and and everything. Yeah. And uh, for now, what we've seen so far is a new planet, a new subclass. All right. Um, exotics, which are already, if if we assume the marketing is always like a little bit correct, it's less than Forsaken. And I'm just asking, like, because people ask, what do we want to more see? Well, I would like to see actually more systems updates. I would like mm-hmm. to see actually some some quantity of weapons and 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 actually feel that 
the most expensive Destiny expansion puts in a lot of work to refresh the game from the ground up, right? And I just don't see that. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, if you don't need that, that's cool. Um, I think it's um, really rational to say, I don't think this price is justified and, and we, we I'm waiting to see more. I think it's like the hesitancy of someone who understands their marketing and what it's done to kind of us in the past. So I think it's almost like the Lost Sector effect. They announced Lost Sectors as these random secret, you know, cave systems you'll find with the boss inside. But then when you pull the veil back on it, Lost Sectors were meaningless. They, they're they less they're less important than a public event for, for Frick's sake, okay? So, mm-hmm. in a similar vein, right now, I can list a bunch of things that folks like you and myself, we just end up with questions. On the surface, we're like, you get Europa, and what do we say? We're like, okay, but what's on Europa? Is there an activity? We're only getting one strike. Um, what are we doing there? Is it different? Is it is it changing? Or is it just another planet? So, A lot of players, I think, look at the Europa billboard sign and they're like, that's good enough for me. We want to see behind it. We're like, what? I don't want to actually, I don't need details of the activity. I don't even need to see pictures of it, the activity or the loot. Just tell me there's an activity on Europa that'll be similar to other seasonal activities. Like, that's kind of what we're saying. You said vendor refresh, right? Well, all we've seen is a shared armor set with decal differences. So what do I say? I'm like, okay. That's not an impressive billboard. I'm asking questions. Is there an updated loot pool? Are there guns coming? I mean, why am I why am I going to run a strike playlist over a crucible playlist? Right. What are you doing with those? So, it's that lost sector effect. We're attempting to pull the veil back and say, "Well, what are we actually getting though? You're just doing this whole like, yeah, you're going to get Europa and a armor, you know, armor thing with the 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 vendors so everything they've announced i can list off five questions about it and then other people are like well i don't have questions i'm i I think it looks good i think it looks promising and that's where i think people are passing in the night here i think a lot of the people that are happy with the amount of information are misunderstanding your perspective and some of the perspective of the people in the discord they assume you want to see pictures and and details and videos right. it's like no 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 i would settle for a freaking bullet point list of x number of weapons added to the loot pool this is being added to the vanguard loot pool at you know activity on europa like what what's the point of the cosmodrome they've already made it sound like the cosmodrome is nothing for veteran players we're gonna have a trip down memory lane and we might discover some so we will have some discovery of lost sectors it's like okay so we're basically getting europa then like that's it like it, it sounds like that cosmodrome's meaningless for beyond light which is concerning right it's like well okay yeah. well Tangled Shore and to be fair Tangled Shore became meaningless very very quickly because the Baron fights were nothing and we threw them over our shoulder and then all that mattered was Dreaming City um, because Dreaming City had the offering and Blind Well and the Milestones and and, and the Rotating Curses and the Dungeon Um, that's a good point I just want to jump in to really stress that one of the major replayability of patrol zones and everything since the 2 launch was grinding power something which universally calls for a new system right there has been no reason to regrind the Tangled Shore or even the Dreaming City once you reach power level. Yeah. Yeah, it... it there's a... And that's just such a thin value point. Like, all I'm doing is, is running Strikes Gambit Crucible or the public space 
for power. Like that, that's why we've been constantly saying, like, put loot in there. Give me a loot incentive. Like, update the Vanguard loot pool. So, anything. Okay, the only thing they've announced that I feel like I've gotten a good amount of information about, and I, to their credit, looks good, impressive, and cool, are the stasis subclasses. I feel like I have enough information about those. I will say I that. I thought you were going to say the weather system on your own. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I don't care about that. I mean, it's cool, It's cool, but I don't care about that. That's not a content loop. I'm not getting any, any engrams from that. So, like... The, the, I think the, the the subclasses, when they showed us how they looked, when they showed us the aspect and fragments and gave us examples of how it would work, that to me was was the best amount of info we've gotten. But that's just subclasses. Like, that's not... I, I, a subclass isn't content. It's a new way to experience content and combat. Content is, there's this thing, there's this loot pool... And there are uh, there are these potential items you can get in it. Right. Whether that's the Vanguard playlist, Gambit Crucible, or the new seasonal content, or the raid itself. And when I don't have a firm grasp on what the loop is and the amount of and the amount of gear and loot and guns that I'm getting, that's when I'm kind of like whoa whoa whoa. Because if you remember, you know, Bungie apologist Lono was saying there's no way they're gonna sunset basically three years of the loot pool what amounts to close to you know three uh, three three years of a, of a loot pool is getting sunset they're not going to create all these vacancies and hit the loot pool this hard if they're not going to be adding this huge injection you guys remember me saying this it was like this is going to be built on the foundation of what was meant to be d3 that means there's automatically going to be a significant loot increase and update and, and vendor you know vendor injections and all the like and Right now, I'm like, I have no freaking clue what you're putting in the game. I've seen nine weapons that we've, we for Europa, those blue and red ones, I've seen nine nine mm-hmm. weapons, some exotic weapons and armor, and that's it. That's, that's all I've seen. I'm like, I have zero freaking clue what I'm getting. Now, again, I don't I don't need to see it all, but a quanti- some level of a quantitative number would be nice. Like, what? What are we getting? What are we getting? <laughs> like, I, right. I don't know right now. And as I said, what about a Game Pass player? What They don't right now have any idea what they get for their $10 if they decide to buy the season, which I'm assuming that'll change before launch week or during launch week, because how else are you going to get them to spend the money? <laughs> like, Right. So this comes in addition. So there's two things also now. So this comes in addition to a free... Everything I said comes in addition to a free-to-play model which uh, deteriorates in some way the experience of a paying customer, right? Because uh, certain things are being justified as not being invested in anymore and stuff like that, right? So you have to separate it somehow. I do agree that it's not completely fair to say, okay, Europa doesn't count at all to be justified in the price of Beyond Light because it's for, because free-to-play players can land on it because there will be probably secrets, weapons you, you won't be able to get. But still, the, the model followed uh, a different model to get new customers, new revenue in, and the price of the expansion still increased. So there is a legitimate point to ask, well, I, why, how, you know? And, and I wanted to also, Gritter was perfect that he called in before. So first of all, as a PC player, because that, that, uh, I don't care about what console does, right? I don't care about the update. That, that shouldn't be included. Before, I remember there was a time where there was different prices for different consoles. PC was usually the cheapest or the most expensive, depends on how much graphic improvements they made. But uh, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna accept a reason like that. PC player should pay for something that con- is being optimized on consoles, right? Right. The other thing is that. Um, Hidden costs also don't concern me as a customer. I'm trying to judge the value of the product I'm getting, right? 
So it can make a decision point in the pricing, but Bungie still has to justify in front of the customer what they're doing. And all of this ties into, I think, what Creature put it in chat, you know, that experience his little brother can't do a damn thing right but he hopes so soon that he will he will get it right and this is the exact same relationship he has with destiny well at some point i have to ask you like look how many steps back we're taking and you're just giving them trust that they will be somehow replaced right we they eliminated nightfall exclusive loot at least as a philosophy in shadow keep they're removing a lot of strikes in general and we haven't seen any suggestion for replacement um, so we've, we've seen so many times now in the recent events also, let's take the Sparrow for Solstice, right? That they can't incorporate a lot of easy, simple feedback. And I'm just asking you, do you, like, every time they're getting something right, I, I don't see a lot of things right now that would say, oh, they really understood it. This is a good improvement. This is something new to the game that will really bring a lot of value, right? I, I don't yeah. see that yet to me because... I will pl I would play Europa. I would grind the stuff. Uh, I would have fun in the raid. But I'm in the end. I'm gonna ask myself, wait, that's it again? Like there's no, that's it with the loot. There, there's activities that don't reward stuff. And I was supposed to pay more for this than the rest expansions. I'm just like, sorry, I, 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 I that's not justified. Well, now you're getting into another category that we haven't even talked about is all the quality of life things that we would like to see happen, and. I'm holding out hope that the UI changes we think that we saw in the screenshots of the Stasis subclasses are coming with like a big, it's it's this big sweeping over the game. So yeah, we updated the UI and that means these 18 things uh, have have uh, have been fixed or re, or re, uh, re refined. Um, so I'm holding out hope that is actually coming, and I and I, I think that. But that's also part of where we're all like holding our breath. We're like, you haven't talked about bounties. They were they were a huge problem in year three. Leveling has been a consistent pain point. The artifact it it is weird, and the pricing structure for it is weird. Um, there's there's all kind of things right now that just we're not even right now we're not even talking about giving me bullet point lists of what I'm paying for we're saying these have been problems that we're asking to be addressed where's the big giant quality of life improvement twab like where's that um, right you know because listen when we, when we got in the year three they had a whole twab about leveling and how the soft cap was being raised I remember celebrating and being yeah, like this sounds yeah, like yeah. leveling is going to be so much better armor 2.0 stream and they outlined all of that i mean these were things exactly. we heard before because we we're like oh they're they're raising the quality of the base game and so being able being able to ask these questions i i think is totally legitimate to say man i, <laughs> I would even say luke smith has set the expectation with his director's cuts don't tell me you're going to refuel aspiration and then don't show me how you're going to do it. Don't tell That's me you're going to point. Yeah. Right. Don't don't tell yeah. me you're going to reinvigorate core activities but then you say nothing about it. You're going to change bounties, XP distribution, activity focus. You talk in an interview about making blues have purpose. Like you say all these things like he set the expectation that these are things that should be happening. So we're all just saying, "Okay, can we find out how you're doing that?" Like creature that's like because creature now admitted replied to what I just said. Um, but it's about understanding the situation. Listen, mm -hmm. it, 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 Lono just answered you perfectly. I understood the situation with year three, right? So many times I had to listen from Lono and I had to admit, yeah, that's true. 
they said this was a transitional year, blah, blah, blah. I don't expect that much as a customer. I still love the franchise. I understand they're going through a lot. But now they set the expectations themselves with the director's cuts that we're going to have like this new awesome game in fall. And uh, so so I'm like, I'm waiting for that and I don't see it yet. And just, I don't know, as a closing thought, so you don't think it can be, right? I'm, I'm hoping to God, you're right, that there will be a Vidoc and, you know, they just gloss over menus and the, the game looks completely new. They like do stuff with, you know, quality. They just go through menus and everything looks completely different. And I'll be like, you know what? That actually does look like a new game. I stand corrected. Now we have now, now I see it, right? But that's what I'm waiting for. So it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lil Mac asking when the director's cuts came out. I don't know, but I do know it was the vision cast for year four. It I, I, Actually, I can tell you when it happened. It happened right before Season of the Worthy came out because I remember saying I felt like that was Luke Smith sort of letting us know the remainder of the year wasn't going to be that good. He was admitting to the weak points of the franchise with a lack of aspiration because it was right before they did Grandmaster Nightfalls and all of that. So the director's cuts... No, 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 no. There was a second director's cut, Chris. The big one with the four-part was last year. He did another one right before Season of the Worthy where he talked about the lack of aspiration. He talked about reinvigorating core activities, bounties being too much of a primary focus, XP distribution between activities, leveling... Um, he's he's frequently been asked about a weapons 2.0 system and he talked about how they're looking at like how long you use a weapon in infusion that was him kind of hinting at the fact that sunsetting was on the way um, in a roundabout way and transmog was also mentioned I think and so I would say it was in February says Jay Golden okay I would say at that point in time we could say that yes the global situation shifted two months later on him and maybe a lot of what they were hoping to do in Beyond Light got chopped or shoved back. That's a possibility. We could be looking at a No Man's Sky flood situation, right? Like a lot of the promised features of No Man's Sky got slated and pushed back to six months and a year out. No Man's Sky completely you know, reinvented their game, but a lot of their promised features were added later because they lost a lot of progress, blah, blah, blah. Same thing could have happened here. We don't know. They haven't given us any indication that they've had to completely gut things. All we know is they delayed it by basically two months and you would maybe hope that that would be enough to make up whatever productivity loss they experienced over I would think by now they've, they've hit a stride they kind of probably have their chops down about not gathering at the office uh, <laughs> I would think a lot of companies are kind of figuring that out and some are becoming more productive because it's just you're able to you're able to streamline certain things and not have to wait for schedule uh, coalescence and things like that because everybody's just like working from home um so I don't think I've not seen anybody. I think the reason maybe some of the people in the discord and others are getting a little tired of it is because we're kind of on this. We've been on this hobby horse for three weeks. And the reason that I'm joining my friends out in the sun of, of worry and concern is because it's October the 20th. And three weeks ago, I told them, I said, just wait in October. They're really going to start ramping it up. Well, we're around in the corner, okay? Like October's coming to a close. So I'm kind of sitting here thinking the same thing like, um, where where's all the info? <laughs> you know the John Travolta gif? That's me right now. I'm kind of like, what's okay, you know, the trailer today was dope. It was looking dope. But for the 40 and then the 10, I still don't have answers to those questions and a separate situation that Lightly brought up at the end. 
I also don't have answers to the quality of life questions we've been asking about all the things I already listed. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, and I think, yeah, I think, listen, if, if people are upset with us asking, I totally understand if, if as I said, pricing, if Bungie gets away that if you think, you know what, I don't care. And yeah, I, to be honest, I have a little bit of an idealistic hope. I, I hope more people, and I think I see people, I, I only got on a train because I see a lot of my friends stopping, right? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't get what they want in year three. So they're more careful. And I, I think slowly it's going to turn in that direction. I mean, if Beyond Light really is as light as we think, I think people are going to really quickly start jumping on our train. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that it'll be it it'll be it'll be hard for a handful of reasons. The price increase, the delay, and the basic sort of premise that this was meant to be kind of like the D3 timing. I think all of those are going to land on people differently. The delay especially creates an automatic assumption that this is going to be dope because you made us wait for it. You know, the delay number 1 creates that expectation. Price increase creates that expectation and then and then third, the general rumor and trend and prediction that like this was essentially built upon what was meant to be D3 and you've updated engine and added dynamic weather and you're making it look cooler on the new consoles. There's a lot of dialogue and a lot of things swirling around beyond light that really give the indication like this is going to be a taken king moment and if it doesn't feel like a taken king moment then you're going to have a lot of people disappointed um because and yep. that, and that's unfortunate for Bungie because they are they're they're backed into a bit of a corner with the fact that you know they had to delay i think that automatically sets expectations up which is weird but i think it does you're making me wait you better nail it exactly yeah yeah, well, let's hope. Let's hope they're gonna. They have some aces up their sleeves that they didn't show us yet. Thanks. Said, thanks for the call in. Yeah, thanks for calling in. I certainly hope so. And if you guys were listening to this and you're like, "Hey, that'd be cool. I'd love to call in." That is a feature of being a VIP of this channel. Uh, click the join button or use the Patreon. Uh, if you're listening to this on another one of the platforms, always feel free to check us out live at sntrlive.com. Or if you want the archive channel with all the uploads, go to sntrvideos.com. And then if you just want a one-stop shop, book mark sntrnetwork.com okay sntrnetwork.com has all the shows rageous roundtable repeat theater and this show all under one uh hub schedule so you know what's coming we're doing watch parties in the discord you don't have to be in the dark about anything that's coming so thank you guys for another stellar day and another stellar conversation if you're here live don't go anywhere we got one more thing we're gonna do but if you're listening to this elsewhere as a past recording please like share and subscribe